0: themselves and it, last week um um you know I, I i wanted to share how in the days of babylon's pinnacle of power and and prowess the babylonians had their belief that a a half man half fish uh god called oanes o-a-n-n-e-s he came out of the sea and taught mankind wisdom, such as the writing, the sciences, and the arts. And um, now seen in both parts 30 and 31 is, you know, the reflection, if you will, of um, uh, are passed on in generations and creations the things in the held before and pretty profound you know art studying and liberty or and desire to study and research historical things see uh-huh. so much with what we're dealing with Had you enjoyed most certainly yeah yeah,
1: I really
0: did. Go ahead. Thank. I was just gonna say, appreciate you sending that. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Uh so else, I guess we uh, progress now. In um, as I I said, a couple of, uh, the emails that I've been getting. You know, encouraging, I hadn't, you know, as I say, I'm not a biblical and certainly credentials, but it has been a um, led, if you will, in through this. You're cutting out, but Isaiah. Yeah, well, it ain't anything I'm doing, so it's, it, if uh, yeah. it's cutting out, then we're back to this Bluetooth thing that we've never got resolved yet, so. Oh, you're not using Bluetooth, are you? Well, I'm using the Bluetooth headset. It's wireless, that is, so. Or, right? Okay, well, then our wireless, I guess, is what I meant to say then. Yeah, well, now, now you're sounding all right, but it was breaking up a lot. Yeah. So, so we'll I don't know what it is, it does, but I guess we've been we've been talking about addressing that Wi-Fi, and I guess you've been working on the other Wi-Fi. But I don't know if yeah. that's going to affect this this performance here. No, um, I don't know. But anyhow, um, you know, when you think about these these concepts that have been from the past and that are being reused, you know, maybe somebody doesn't get what i tried to say and convey about this half man half fish uh god of babylon um you know it's very similar in my mind the first thing that popped up as i was reading that in my mind is something that had you know was very familiar to to me in in this era of time and that was uh darwin's uh, theory of evolution Because in the same way, he basically said that man came out of the sea, you know, and has evolved. So it really doesn't matter whether you've got some belief in a half man, half fish, fish God. And the belief is that this half man, half fish come up to the Mediterranean shores, seas, seas, shores and um, and began to teach (laughs) wisdom to man. I mean, you know um it's the same thing as as what darwin did and and we had yet in modern times such as ours had people that literally grabbed onto that and peddled that doctrine you know for 50 to 75 years without even a pause or a glitch in in their you know in their thinking or their realization uh that these things just you know could not possibly be true it it literally took probably 50 to 60 years or more before it really you know began to be fully debunked in any serious level at all but of course it's still in the classroom books and so forth so it doesn't matter if it's been debunked as long as it's still the curriculum then we're still teaching children that, you know, uh, we crept up out of the sea and shook off our tail and we became, you know, uh, gods unto ourselves knowledgeable, knowledgeable beings, you know, in the creation. So, but, you know, it reminded me and I didn't have it in my notes, but, but let's open up this fellowship here in part 32. Uh let's flip back to those words that were recorded at Zephaniah chapter one. And it is let's see, uh chapter chapter one, verse two. Uh of course he's speaking to Zephaniah. He says, I will utterly consume all things from off the land, says Yahweh. I will consume man and beast, I will consume the fowls of the heaven the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wicked and I will cut off man from off the land says Yahweh I will also stretch out my hand upon Judah and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place and the name of the Camerams with the priests verse 5 and them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops and them that worship And that swear by Yahweh. But it doesn't end there. It says, and them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops, and them and that swear by Yahweh, and that swear by Malcolm. Malcolm was one of their God idols in babylon uh excuse me not in in babylon one of uh judas uh idol gods and i tried to bring our mind to recognizing that and relating it to swearing to uphold the god we the people and its laws of the constitution of the united states while holding our other hand upon the bible and swearing an oath to it to diametrically opposed gods if you will and their law systems and that's what Yahweh was trying to teach the children of Judah at that time that offenses such as these warranted God's intervening judgment or his own name would be nothing in the world. And he said of Jacob Israel that their adversaries would say, we offend not we offend not because they meaning jacob israel had sinned against yahweh and we don't have anybody today that's pointing out very few i should say very few pointing out today that we offend yahweh by these these double standards by these Twisted ideas that we can serve God and serve man. And uphold on the one hand. What is man and we the people. And on the other hand. Swear this allegiance and and oath to the God of the Bible. And it just simply uh, is not going to square with him. And so the judgment comes. Now we're in chapter uh, 49 in this part 32. And this chapter is probably the first of at least the next half a dozen, I think, which essentially centers on the uh, servant of God. And from the totality of the context of these chapters, this chapter 49 has. Uh, To form really the basis for identifying the servant. Now we had endeavored to identify the servant. I believe it was in chapter 44 or 47 or 48 fairly recently. So just in the past few. And this is another area where the commentaries again, seem to be uncertain about the servant. And I, I, I found myself kind of swimming in my head, saying, "Why, why are we so confused about the servant?" I, and I, I came to theorize in my own mind that I believe it's because they have a a great propensity to disregard the mission that's actually given to Israel, because of the emphasis that they have placed upon the Messiah in presenting salvation to the world. They have, therefore disregarded if you will the old covenant and the commission that was given and they don't therefore view it or regard it as an ongoing mission and so let's go ahead and start with uh, 49 and we'll begin obviously with verse 1 I'm going to take the first six verses first and read through them listen O isles unto me and hearken ye people from far <clears throat> excuse me the lord has called me from the womb from the bowels of my mother has he made mention of my name and in my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his head, as he hid me a polished shaft in his quiver has he me. and said unto art my servant Israel, in horrified said i've lived i have spent my strength and in vain yet surely my judgment is with yahweh and my work with my god and now says yahweh that formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring <clears throat> jacob again to him though israel be not gathered yet shall i be glorious in the eyes of yahweh and my god shall be my strength and he said it is a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of jacob and to restore the preserved of israel i will also give thee for a light to the gentiles meaning nations in the old testament sir that thou mayest be under the end of, the... so what we have, is the prophet seems to speak for Israel, or in Israel's name, and he is an acknowledgement, mission. the duty that Yahweh placed on, as he, Israel, that is, calls out to the isles. And the people, he said, Yahweh called him from the womb. Remember that we are told in scripture that in Isaac was the seed called. Probably don't need to go there for most, but since we know that there are comers that uh, are frequenting the archives as well, Genesis chapter 21. Um we will read at verse twelve. God Abraham, let it not be sight because of the bondwoman in all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. There is the call of the seed of Isaac. And of course, Isaac had uh, twin sons, Jacob and Esau. And in fact, you could actually go to 9 verse 7 and mm-hmm. Hebrews eleven eight. Well, information from the new that it was Jacob Israel of the seed of Isaac that was called from the womb what the prophet is doing is he's speaking essentially as i say in israel's name or israel as as he begins to say, this is he's conveying that he acknowledges the duty and the commission that he's got, being jacob israel says israel you were called from the womb Hearken, Yahweh's words, his behalf is a sharp sword. And you've even been by his hand, a sharp arrow hidden in his quiver. And he said to you, he says, the, the prophet conveys, he said to you, you who? Israel. He said to you, Israel thou o israel are my servant now this is like the third to the fourth time here in isaiah that we maybe even a couple more i'm not sure exactly i didn't have a count on it that we have been told that um israel is yahweh's servant and in this passage Uh, Actually, I did make a note of that. I just realized that I wrote off to the side of my notes here three times. Isaiah 41, 8 to 16. Isaiah 45, 4. And right here in 49, 3. So it seems really completely unnecessary to try to re-identify the servant here in 49, 3. And as I say, I don't know why, but the commentaries seem uncertain. And are once again all over the place. So, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. I guess if you don't uh, want to believe what the Bible says, don't want to believe what I say, then clearly I would just ask you to believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says that Israel is Yahweh's servant. So we're going to proceed and stand on that truth and we're going to let the author one important thing that i've learned in scripture is to let the author of the book or the author of the let let his his letter describe the things that we talked about if we have a propensity to try to go elsewhere to or to provide definition not in every case cases especially with uh scriptures there's a, a huge propensity to try to define things as the uh, the um the leaders uh the ecclesia ecclesiastical leaders uh tend to define them as and and that has been very very dangerous and very destructive so find our christian that Yahweh had of this branch, of this servant, Jacob, Israel, and through the son. Israel was to be in obedience to Yahweh, and he was to be a blessing to all the families of the earth, Genesis uh, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And and Yahweh was going to be glorified. This is something that just escapes the church world. By this very commission, bringing about Yahweh's will into the creation, by being obedient to Yahweh, remember the scriptures said, the people were going to come to you and the nations would look to you and say surely this is a mighty and blessed people that has this god of creation so them and last week that is wearisome yahweh's commands and this week We see the same thing in verse four. He says, "I have labored in vain," said, meaning Jacob Israel. I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and in vain. And then acknowledges, "Yet surely, my judgment is with Yahweh, and my work with my God." So the phrase, "Surely my judgment is with Yahweh," is equivalently stated. Surely my judgment is with or upon me from Yahweh, as his, that is Jacob Israel's, commission or work is from Yahweh. So we can tend to get really mixed up in what's being said because the words are not the way we would see them today, our common. But that's. Exactly conveying and some amongst and certainly the ecclesiastical leaders would have you believe that jacob israel was under no conscious religious instruction or no conscious instruction or mission by yahweh they were just they were just told i'm going to be your god you obey me you abide me and it was all just to lead them to uh the time in which They were going to forsake him and he was going to redeem them. And they they would go, oh, now I get it. I see. Uh, It it just, it isn't that way at all. Um, Otherwise, you have to throw out the very commission and which have done. Find myself just scratching my head and say, are you kidding me? You don't think that that greater Jacob's understanding of the problem? With Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, whose name was changed and had 12 sons to be a God to them, to bless them, them to be a blessing to the families of the earth. It's right there in Genesis 2 and 22. This, in fact, the intention of the six, the actual. Of re- revealed will, the very purpose for which is Jacob Israel as the instru- divine will, as it relates to all the earth. That is exactly being conveyed. He says, "Great thing, thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob." a light thing it is to be israel viewed it just a light that had no i think this is the here in six the failure of church and of the theological day the parent child really, the teaches and instructs the part, and commands what was that
1: the connection's getting worse
0: is it what are you seeing on your end jeremiah um it's kind of been all right but it's got an occasional break it was just breaking up there you're seeing Um, on the upload you seen anything at all it looks fine no i'm not so you're chopping i'm chopping yep (laughs) yeah it's
1: so know. anyhow,
0: our child relationship, we, we've got parent teaching, commanding, instructing, guiding. Not until years later that the child, by the experience of it, can now understand the years of the commands, the instructions, and the training. And that it was all for the intention of carrying out the father's will or carrying on the father's name. And the servant, Jacob Israel, clearly has the history of this parent-child analogy everywhere recorded in the biblical record. Yahweh has commanded, he has taught, he has held the hand, he, and he even uses that language. He even took the fight for Jacob, Israel, when the schoolyard bullies came against him. And ultimately, he would and did lay down his life for Jacob, Israel, taking the punishment for the disobedience of the son, if you will, the child. And the son, Jacob, Israel, finally, finally has the revelation that all this was for a purpose. And that's what you see in verse five. And now says Yahweh that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered yet. Shall I be glorious in the eyes of Yahweh and my God shall be my strength. And this is exactly what Isaiah is conveying is that. As a uh israelite isaiah himself could personify the very um nation of israel in his language and speech here and that's what he's doing and putting himself in first person if you will and conveying how he will be glorious in the eyes of yahweh because it's yahweh that's going to do it even though we're in this period that looks very you know dark um isaiah could see that that jacob israel would be glorious in the eyes of yahweh and certainly only in his strength would that happen now he shifts his focus from speaking in behalf of jacob israel to confirming or verifying those statements reliability by conveying the often repeated refrain thus says yahweh and i took verse 6 of 49 here and i put it in strong's lexicon and this is how it reads speaking of course is yahweh it is not enough or trifling, meaning trifling or insignificant. It is not enough. It is not trifling. It is not insignificant for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob. <clears throat> this is what <clears throat> the nations, the, the two nations, that divided off the 10 northern tribes and the two southern tribes were supposed to continue to be and judah specifically then after yahweh had divorced uh, the 10 northern tribes and put her into assyrian captivity he was then completely commissioned through the tribe of judah to continue to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the protected ones of Israel. And this is exactly how it reads in Strong's lexicon, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the protected ones of Israel. I will also make, meaning to consecrate or dedicate or to bestow upon, I will also consecrate I will also dedicate. I will also bestow upon you a light of prosperity, a light of instruction for the nations. This is the way that passage translates when you put it through strong's lexicon i think that is very revealing i think it's very informative and explains everything about the passage and about the commission that has been going on for many centuries to this to this point here in isaiah's prophecies So it's completely natural for us to see the prophet's conception of Israel's commission. Even its failures, its rise to prominence and glory and its fall. And he visualizes a remnant, whether those exiled by God or already having left the greater body because they themselves had turned their backs on Yahweh. In other words, some of the people, just like we see in America today and other lands, some of the people see what's happening and they are withdrawing from the tribe, if you will, that is going astray. And so this is what Isaiah is also conveying to us in the passages. And, um, clearly there was a longing as there are by us a remnant here to be restored under the Godhead and clearly how we see it today. And many, I don't think really fully recognize the punishment of the curses upon Jacob Israel in her lands today. And those that do, they definitely constitute a remnant that are coming out of babylon so to speak as scripture has warned us to to come out of her so that we don't partake of her sins and we're already consigned to living our lives in accordance with his divine will even though our nation is not and our nation's leaders are forsaking god continually and his will and his divine immutable laws, the servant Jacob Israel, regardless of his own pernicious failings, Yahweh has already been working spiritually in or upon him for his will and purpose. And this is what we see by the prophet Isaiah is these things, if we can view it with spiritual eyes, we can see how he's working in Jacob Israel to uh, train, shape, and mold them. And this child of Jacob Israel is being molded to be in many respects just like who? Like the father prophet conveys it as, like a sharpened arrow that would be pulled from the quiver in the time or mouth as a sword blows God. And this is our moment, people of God. It's time we are more to parts of his people. Thou art my servant. A trifle thing. It's a magnificent implications and ultimately of Jacob Israel mission is how is glory creation. Just look world today. It being glorified. Literally, in any land, is he being glorified by America and in America's fruits? And the answer, the honest answer, really, of course, has to be a resounding no. And we can't overlook or diminish the fact that these verses is a testament of Yahweh concerning and that Judah. To continuation of being event, even in Israel she had to, be. and in that state that is Judah recognizes the light that she was to be as Yahweh's representative of His salvation. Her. I hope I've done some justice those few verses. I know time on it, but I really and to be confident in we're supposed to continue to go out there and share that commission that Jacob Israel was given. And I know you know people that don't want to hear it. I know you know people who who will say to you, what difference does it make? You know, we're all one in Jesus and we believe and all I have to do is believe And you know, we've heard it all, but it's now at this time that I think minds are more uh, ready, shall we say, to hear. Uh, because of the conditions that are worsening now, I'm not uh, pie in the sky here. Don't get me wrong. There will be those who will never hear because they've closed their ears or closed their ears because they want them to hear. But our job is unfortunately to do, what to do, what we we're instructed to do, and that is to inform those that are in their sins to stop being in their sins and to turn from their wicked way. Because if we don't... ...we did not warn them. And that principle has never gone away. So, uh, as I say, I, I know that I took some time on it, but we'll go on to 49 7 through, we'll go up, up to 12 here. Thus says Yahweh, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nations abhor, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship because of Yahweh that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. Thus says Yahweh, in an acceptable time, I have heard thee, and in a day of salvation, I have helped thee, and I will preserve thee, and, I, and give thee for a covenant, and give thee for a covenant of the people, to establish the earth, to cause it to inherit the desolate heritage, that thou may say to the prisoners, go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways and their pastures shall be in all the high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst. Neither shall the heat or sun smite them for he has had mercy on them and shall lead them even by the springs of water. Shall he guide them? I'll make all my mountains away and my highways shall be exalted. Behold, these shall come from far and lo, These from the north and from the west and these from the land. Of Sinim. You know, as we look at these verses and think on it, there has been a propensity to make application to the Messiah of many of these passages in Isaiah. However, our context and subject hasn't changed. Thus, Yahweh says the redeemer of Israel and Jacob, Israel's holy one, the one whom nations abhor and men despise, you will I redeem. You will glorify my name. Kings will see and rise in your presence again because that Yahweh is faithful and the Holy One of Israel has chosen you. This is Israel. This is Jacob Israel. This is not the Messiah. Yahweh did not redeem the Messiah. So you know that this is in reference to Jacob Israel. And the thought occurred to me, I turned to the Gospel of John chapter 15. Something that I I failed to bring to our attention. um, Sufficiently enough. Last week. Um, It was on 14. Um, Verse. 15 and 16. He says. He says. Henceforth. I call you not servants. For the servant knows not. What is Lord does. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Now, stop there. All right, now, there's going to be some that are going to quick to retort and say, well, that is Christ speaking to the apostles. That is true. But don't lose sight of the fact that he says, henceforth I call you not servants. Henceforth means no longer. Well, who has he been calling servants? He has been calling Jacob Israel servants. Christ, Yahweh in the f- flesh, is now speaking and says, I henceforth no more call you servant for the servant. No. So now he's conveying something even more intimate. This is, you know, he no longer were these Israelite redeemed to be called servants, but they were to be called friends and they did not choose Israel. Or they did not choose Yahweh, but Yahweh chose Israel. and i like i said it was something that i just you know had popped into my head here as i was doing notes for this week and reminded me that i really didn't bring ourselves uh to those passages to put it into our attention that he changed from calling them servants to calling them friends and all 11 of those disciples were of israel now you're going to say wait a minute all 11 well, the twelfth one was Judas of Iscariot, and or Kirioth. Uh, uh, it's a region that was closer to Edomite territory, south of Judah. So he did not hail from the same cultural region of the ele- other eleven. And two point, main points that I wanted us to remember is that Yahweh chooses, and Christ's reference to no longer calling them servants is the two main things I wanted to bring out by bringing our attention to that passage. It's a small diversion, but I hope that it's a good reminder for us. Many Christians, I think, often seem to forget the words of David that were penned at uh, Psalm 72. As David prays for the righteous king and that righteousness be given to the king's son. So he was talking about his son, Solomon, that in his days, righteousness would reign and kings would be bowing with gifts and serving the king of Israel. And that is exactly what happened. It was a prayer and a song for his son, Solomon, who was to ascend the throne after him. Um it's just like david praying to be delivered out of the hands of his of his enemies and those that hate him right here in in isaiah 49 we've got yahweh conveying those that hated him that hated jacob israel that's in 49.8 this is the acceptable time right here in 49.8 thus says yahweh in an acceptable time have i heard thee and in a day of salvation have i helped thee and i will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people he prayed for in his time of need, david did to be delivered from his enemies and yahweh says in such an acceptable time he's going to do the same thing to deliver Judah from the enemies, Jacob, Israel. So we really ought to be found in prayer for this to be that acceptable time, for Yahweh to hear us and help us and preserve us from those who despise Jacob, Israel and the nations abhor. And in, in the same fashion or uh, by extension, Those that despise Jacob, Israel, and those that abhor Jacob, Israel. They are the enemies of Yahweh himself. And he does not want us to be in thirst or hunger or in darkness about this. And God reasserts his promises again to establish in Jacob, Israel, as he gives them to his covenant. To establish the earth. Uh, I I just. Our church world. Has got us off living in heaven. That we cannot. Carry out the commission. That he's given us. Here in the creation. They're they're proponents. Proponents of every conceivable evil. And sinful wickedness imaginable. In the name and under the banner of. Inclusion. And we all serve the same God. Whether sodomy, pederasty, or other sins, there there is what is glorified. Usury is sanctified. Adultery, promiscuity, uh, promiscuity, and pornography—they're they're promoted. The references and the allusions of Isaiah to the isles that we find here in in forty nine one. It has no foundation in the people called Jews today. Only as parasites upon the host nations of the isles could they claim the application to them. Undoubtedly, it it speaks to the 10 tribes scattered abroad and shielded by the hand of God. These peoples of the 10 tribe nations continue on in their commission being. Light, light of a civilizing influence to the world, a light in civilizing humanity that the world had ever experienced. Esau hated Jacob and vowed to steal the birthright and kill Jacob. And he is always claimed that Jacob stole it from him, which ignores completely that God is the one who chose Jacob, not Esau, in the womb. The promised inheritance was never Esau's or Ishmael's, only the child of the promise, Jacob, Israel. And these passages of chapter 49 so far convey that Jacob, Israel, although experiencing what happens very much like the abandonment of their God, he's assuring Jacob, Israel, specifically Judah, just as we sit here today in America feeling as if God has abandoned us. We see through Isaiah's eyes that he is assuring Jacob, Israel, specifically Judah, as she comes out of babylon but also 10 tribe israel the people of the isles and afar those will be brought from the despair or near abandonment to a place of honor bountiful inheritance and springs of water that both the earth and the heavens could sing And before we go to that singing, which we read about in chapter verse 49, verse 13, I want to bring further attention to the illusion in chapter 49 of the isles and the people from afar and specifically reference to the land of Sinim in verse 12. I didn't know anything about that. I had to spend several hours, frankly, trying to figure that one out. And the totality of the passages and indeed the next five chapters, we're actually witnessing the renewing work of God in Jacob Israel. And that's what we should be focusing on. And that's what our leaders today should be focusing on, is God renewing and reworking in us because of a return to him, because this is what he asks of us to return to him. And just like in the parent-child relationship, after the judgment is executed upon the disobedient child, the parent does what? He takes the child again and begins the renewing work that must of necessity accompany or follow the punishment or chastisement. And this work the prophet is conveying Is not a work on Judah only, but by virtue of the promises and the covenant, Yahweh is working in Jacob, Israel, in the isles and lands afar, from the north and from the west and from the land of Sinim. What is that land? Professor Barry Fell of Harvard and an author of the book America BC he documents that europeans were living in america 4500 years before columbus his work extensively documents migrations sea voyages and artifacts found in new zealand and australia egypt and other places throughout north america the egyptians the phoenicians and the israelites all traveled to these locations and left markings or remnants he even remarks that whether egyptians were actually to the americas or not it could have been some of the israelites who having been so long in egypt used some of the same and still held some of the the language you know it was it was like their language and remember it was egypt who really was quite an ally to israel for many many centuries after obviously because of the profound influence that Yahweh had on that nation when he plucked Israel out of uh Egypt but <clears throat> Also, another thing to remember is that the Egyptians were Hamites and the Phoenicians are referred to as Canaanites. They lived in the region um, that Asher was supposed to inherit and failed to drive them out. They became fairly close allies to Israel for centuries and became quite fluent Hebrew-speaking peoples. Interestingly, it seems that they were also influenced by yahweh or the israelites so here was a profound influence being already conveyed upon the phoenicians the egyptians who the israelites had been in proximity with and in queensland australia was found a group of granite stones with Uh, Phoenician inscriptions on it. And one stone translated reads this way. Guard the shrine of Yah's message. And God of gods. A large iron stone slab in New South Wales in the Museum of Rex Gilroy reads, quote, ships sail from this land under the protection of Yahweh to Dan. Ships sail from this land under the protection of Yahweh to Dan, end quote. Thus, we have amongst many others sufficient evidence of migrating Israelites as far from Judea as Australia. Midrashic literature indicates Sinim is an Aramaic transliteration. Meaning from the land of the south. The Vulgate renders the intended meaning from Australis or Australia as the Latin translation. So, here's your land of the south. And there's much more that we could actually embark on concerning the people from afar. We've covered some of that in past fellowships. Uh, one series that I had uh, begun was what people. Um, I, I'm sorry, I can't tell you exactly where that is. I'm still working on those archives to get them a little more collated and provide you some numbers of them. Some of those, as I said, are not numbered because we had a period of time where TalkShoe had, a, had a, uh, a really big problem and I could not relabel those messages once they had gone out um and had been uploaded but for the sake of time you'll have to just do that at at another time and suffice it to be understood phoenicians were often employed in the services of israel due to their navigational prowess and also they were employed by conquering peoples and nations such as the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and so forth for dispersing Israelites to the far reaches of the creation all in keeping with Yahweh's ultimate will and their divine commission. So the point of dropping anchor here, so to speak, has been to establish that Isaiah's reference to the land of Sinem, it appears, was significantly intentional for the Bible student to more readily recognize the far-reaching implications of Yahweh's will with his people, Jacob Israel. And so by this reference, we find another location whereby the people of God would be found by their acceptance of the gospel of the redemption of Israel as soon as it became known to them. And everywhere we see where the gospel message went out, it had been received by Jacob Israelite peoples. Far and away before any of the other peoples had ever received it, had received and accepted the gospel message of the redemption of Israel. And that was the good news, which is what gospel message means, the good news. So, another little tidbit 49 13 Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for that Yahweh has conferred his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, Yahweh has forsaken me, and Yahweh has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea. They may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Thy children shall make haste, thy destroyers, and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. Lift up thine eyes round about. Behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, says Yahweh, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all, as with an ornament. And bind them on thee as a bride does. For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other shall say again in their ears. This place is too straight for me. Give me place that I may give place to me that I may dwell. Jacob, Israel, God's Zion or called the Ecclesia, the called ones in the days of their distress, and ex- they're going to experience the unrelenting emotion that Yahweh their God has forgotten him. This is exactly how we feel in America and israelite lands today but using the analogy of a mother's attention to her nursing son he likewise cannot forget or be neglectful of jacob israel's connection to him it's likened to the son of his mother's womb as the child forgets jacob israel also forgot and was neglectful of duty to yahweh Exodus 13, 9 recorded against them, Yahweh's law was to be in his mouth, his being Jacob Israel. But indeed, it was forgotten. And Yahweh, on the other hand, has provoked us the picture of Jacob Israel being engraved upon his own palms. And he, he uses the word palms. Anybody that's done any work with your hands know that the palms are where all that work is performed. And so he's given us this visual representation that I've got Jacob Israel written on the palms. And law, this instrumental sword was supposed to be in his mouth to testify against the nations. And that was gonna be a perpetual reminder to him written on his palms. And another perpetual reminder was that the walls, even the walls of the city that, that was built for him, even though he doesn't live and dwell in buildings, he knew it was built for him and he knew the hands that labored for him they were a consequential reminder to him as they remained in a broken state and in verse 19 i think something is easily overlooked although its prophetic implications shouldn't be although the land had been laid waste the habitable places were desolate the land and places Would be too narrow, it says, by reason of the inhabitants. The prophet sees and then conveys the returning exiles that they are instructed to look up, look up from their heads hanging down and hanging low in their captivity to see. To see and experience all that gather themselves together to them. Yahweh is moving his people to the mission of regathering and rebuilding. And he's saying to them, look up, so bountiful will Judea and Jerusalem be that she is to experience it as if she was donning the apparel of a bride. Zechariah conveys it like this at chapter 2, verse 4. I wrote it down, so I'll read it. Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. And Isaiah says, there's not going to be enough room. What Yahweh is setting up is a vision into the new Jerusalem that was made without hands that's going to be coming several centuries or that he's going to convey once again several centuries later a remnant of yahweh's people returning to jerusalem after having been trained by as yahweh called it the furnace of affliction and once again readily serve under their commission and what was the result it becomes a beautiful city Just like we see the result of serving under that commission a beautiful city that many come unto. She overflows and the land becomes too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. Our own nations were once this way. We saw places that were built possessing many a desirable characteristics, lands flowing with rivers, lakes, and streams, um, lands in which to have plentiful agriculture. We see all of that, many desirable characteristics and the people flow into it to overflowing and it grows and it grows. And But with it, leaders become decadent and vain and unrighteous, exploiting her goodness. And then what happens? The great exodus of those who no longer see the place in all her former glory and splendor. And such was going to be Jerusalem's condition in the span. Once again, a little more than a half a millennium. The passage of 4920 gives us this understanding as we read of the children that were being reared are requesting them a place in the good field. It's like our children as a remnant people teaching our children not to partake of these sins of Babylon in our midst. And the children are saying, give place for me. They want that place to be able to do likewise, like we have been teaching them. And Judah now realizes the years of her captivity has has actually bereaved her of children. And these lost generations of children are not really lost because Yahweh has been purposing the remnant of Jacob Israel for continuing the commission. And Judas saying, well, where had they been? Go now to 22. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty of the lawful cat or the lawful captive delivered? But thus says Yahweh, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered for I will contend with him that contends with thee and I will save thy children. I'll feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh They shall be drunken with their own blood, with sweet wine, and all flesh shall know that I, Yahweh, am the Savior and the Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and set up my sign a standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms and the daughters on their shoulders. I think that's exciting. Are we to believe that these passages are the Gentiles as today's church uses the term meaning non-Jews? As Paul would say, God forbid. Where, oh, where had Yahweh concealed her children and kept them safe? The nations from whence he called them by a sign and a standard. Clearly, this is looking ahead. Several centuries to the time of the Messiah, when he would indeed do the same thing, set up that sign and that standard. The ecclesia, the call, the assembly of Yahweh will... Take in and raise these children to their servant role. And they will not forsake this duty to their nobles. And kings will come of them. And kings and nobles will be duty bound under the headship of the called. And chosen. The God of Yahweh. And here in Jerusalem. As the prophet Isaiah conveys to the captives of Judah, they've waited on Yahweh 70 years in Babylonian captivity. They should have been praising God that it was only 70 years and not 700 years. And he tells them that they're not going to be ashamed. The princes and the nobles will bow down to her and be reverent to Yahweh's will and his people. And 24 to 26 evinces his sovereignty once again. Can the lawful captive be taken from its mighty conqueror? And then Yahweh, the God of Jacob Israel, confirms the answer is indeed yes. And he foretells that the captives of the mighty of Babylon will be taken away and her prey. Judah is going to be delivered. Amen. So we live today with a lot of the same similarities going on around us that the prophet Isaiah was conveying to the captives of Judah to be confident, to look up, To raise those children, the remnant that's coming out of this godforsaken idolatry that we've been involved in, in Britain and Europe and the Isles and the nations afar. And it looks bleak, it looks gloomy, it looks dark. No doubt about it. But can you imagine being a captive who did not even raise their eyes because they might be struck for having raised their eyes to their captors, having dared the audacity to look up?
1: Uh, Doug,
0: That's bondage. and Yeah, go ahead.
1: 26, let's revisit that. I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh and they will become drunk with their own blood as with sweet wine. Now, you know that's not far off from reality to this day. We've heard of these psycho Epstein crowd drinking blood. I have, of you? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Especially as a child. So I mean it it sounds pretty gross, but our opposition is very gross. It says, "I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh. You could see that happening. I mean, they're already talking about recycling bodies, you know, the green crown,
0: yeah. Yeah. Soilant green. Yeah, soilent green. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eating the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Um my Moffat has on 49 uh, twenty six. Um, I will maintain your cause and your sons I will rescue, forcing your foes to prey upon. Ah, uh, themselves, forcing your foes to prey upon themselves, to drink their own blood and be drunk, then shall the whole world learn that it is I who saves you, I the eternal. And that is so profound. what he keeps doing is he, he if you're going to forsake him, you've got to become in the, you've got to come to the condition. That the only way you can say that you've been delivered at all is 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 by the hand of the God of Jacob Israel. Because there just would not be any other way. And that's where he his name is manifest and glorified, because we would not manifest it and glorify it. Does that make sense? Yep.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Because we are we are weak
0: and yes, we need God daily. Well, we're flesh, you know yeah. and and being that we are flesh, um, we're not sup- we we're made in that image. We're not supposed to succumb to the negative or um, destructive aspects of our flesh. Just as we do with our own children, we don't want our children to take up even our own destructive propensities, you know so we're training them and guiding them and so (laughs) forth and then and then when we fail and their own failings or propensities of the flesh that's not something that you want them to have and that's the same way it is with our creator he being made in his image we want to go the characteristics of his image that are the righteous and the bountiful and the loving and caring. We don't want to take up those characteristics that have to exude the wrath. But we're ready in an instant to be able to do it. And so is he. And so there's no choice for him left in order to make his name remain glorious in the eyes of mankind is to execute the judgment and the wrath so that all the peoples know and see regardless of the fact that we were supposed to be carrying out the commission in the first place. Had we been carrying out the commission and stayed true and abiding in his will and according to his commands, we would have been showing his glory in that because he said, Was that all these nations would wow, what a what a blessed nation you must be that has this God so nigh unto you, that all of these blessings come upon you. He he told us that's what would happen. And when you look around the world, it's only been the Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian, Celtic kindred peoples who who have predominantly (laughs) taken mankind into the the greater civilized world but in that coming into the greater civilized world then we began to relax the standards that that carried us in and ushered in that glory that became uh representative of us which was representative of the father And in that glory, when we forsook him and allowed the others to have their gods and their idols, and we all worship the same God, let's have inclusion, equity, and diversity, and everything else. Um, When he had commanded us otherwise, then that's when all these things, curses, start befalling us. And I know we know it, you get it. But why it is that, the ecclesiastical leaders don't get it. I, I, As I said, I think the reason has to be that they have thrown all of this out for the idea only that the Messiah came so that all mankind could be saved. And that's their theology, and that's what they're sticking with. And yet we can follow this commission all the way into the new covenant And we can confirm that there is a new covenant established with the same people and they will still ignore it. Uh So what we have, what we have to look at is there's a remnant. God is still working in all the lands everywhere. The remnant that he is already preparing for the, for the, uh, the time the acceptable time of 49 verse 8 in a court in an acceptable time i have heard thee go ahead and you recognize
1: that remnant when that man stands up and says that's not right that's not right wherever it is it's the man or woman that stands up and says this is not right what you're doing There's a remnant right there that recognizes right from wrong.
0: Absolutely. And that's why we have to be careful with our criticisms because Mm -hmm. we've been there, you know, we've been there. Mm -hmm. And even the slightest bit of recognition that that is not right, we know that that's that law on their hearts, and yeah, our yeah. job then is to nurture them and guide them with it.
1: Yep, and to rebuke as we would want to be rebuked, justice. Amen. As justice we expect and justice we dish out. Yeah, that that so important because it has a tendency to muzzle a loud mouth if they're really thinking about their criticism uh be careful but
0: bring it when it's necessary right 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 And and like i say i mean we've all been there you know uh, but mm-hmm. those that just steadfastly refuse and you know give you this I mean I I'm the I'm talking about the, don't even have an ear don't even have an ear to hear you you know yeah. they're not right with God they can't be right with God or they would you know they would open that heart and those ears to hear and 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 mm-hmm. to learn Yeah I mean I yeah, watched a
1: perspective uh service I was just really curious to see how they were going to spend Christmas service. And it was like a big joke. And not one, you know, where are the people in that church? They're going to say, this isn't right. Uh, You don't bring Santa Claus up on stage in a church. And pretend. I mean, I wouldn't think that would honor God, would you?
0: No. No. How does it bring glory? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I said with this whole idea that you know we were coming to recognize, you know, as as I read there from Zephaniah, you know. how how can you have your hand on the Bible over here swearing an oath to support and defend and protect you know, this constitution Mm -hmm. while you have your hand on the Bible saying I support and believe in and trust in the one and only God of creation. Well, you just said it. You can't
1: You can't serve two gods, can you?
0: No. No.
1: It's impossible. No. But it doesn't say that you can't pretend to serve two gods, because you can do that. And you can actually do it and be really misled and deceived. I was taught over and over and over how great the Constitution was. But it was a sacred document. And I would always ask that question. Where's Jesus in this deal? Oh, it's all implied.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all implied.
1: Is it really? No.
0: Well, I mean, that's just the thing, Um, you know, we can imply and infer lots of things, but even those that Christ said um, would say to him in that day, Lord, didn't we do all these many mighty things? Didn't we even... Uh, profess uh, everything and cast out demons in your name and he says depart from me i never knew you you who practice anomianism which is lawlessness um so you can do lots of things in the name of god you can even profess him but if you're lawless he says you may as well not may as well uh in his mind you you you, you're not even there you're departed because you practice lawlessness and that's unrighteousness contrary to the will and so unfortunately yeah like you say taught all these things for so long and You know, as I've said before, too, you know, I I may still have some dirty baggage in there. I don't mean to drag my dirty baggage out. And if I do. And one feels it necessary to rebuke me um, that I'm okay. I can I can take it. I because I'm trying to understand when I go wrong and when I speak, you know, uh, unfoundedly. Um was that well, and Steph and I uh, two
1: good people can be wrong can't they Just like you just yeah. read really good people can be deadly wrong to the point of leading you to shio if you're not careful
0: Yep I mean take you right to the it, grave with them
1: yeah, what did Pastor Peter say? Uh, you don't always know when you're being deceived. That's why they call it the deception. Exactly. So Jesus came to the blind, and we've got to pray for that daily. Guide my steps, Lord. It's brutal out here in this world we live in. You think about all the decisions that a young person has to make every day. It's, uh, now, with you and, Doug, with you and I, it wasn't difficult. (laughs) We were full steam ahead. Man, the torpedoes! But you can't even get a driver's license now without donating tons of data at no charge. I'll, I'll just bet you exactly. probably drove a car without a license when you were young. I'm just stepping out on the end of a limb. Because I was <laughs> driving at 12 on a motorcycle down the alleys or I was ten or twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't even. I couldn't reach the pot of uh, the pedal. I had to get off the seat. But once I got it going, I could sit on that. Uh, what was the little Italian m- motor scooters. What are they called? I, I can't remember, uh, but I know I like the
0: mail. Yeah, I have got the name right on the tip of my tongue too. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I remember I sold it to a guy named Stanley for 12 bucks, and I thought I had just made a killing. Cushman. Cushman? That yeah, Cushman. is that what it yeah. was? <clears throat> yeah, that Cushman. Uh, the point is, I shouldn't have been driving that, but I saw my brothers do it. And I told myself I could do it. And we crossed a lot of streets going down those alleys. You talk about a cat with nine lives. <laughs> God has looked over us from the womb. He has had his hand in our life from the womb. And I I don't even have to ask you because I already know. You were reading that scripture tonight, No. I was internalizing and personalizing that to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's been there from the beginning. There's too many times I should have been dead, and an angel saved me. Now they didn't have a T-shirt on that said I'm an angel, but they were certainly messengers from sin, from God because they saved my life.
0: So indeed, uh, well, let's not, close with prayer not, and let's, uh,
1: I was just you know going to say, I'm not unique individual. There's many people that many people like me, uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, God does the choosing. Okay.
0: Well, Let Heavenly Father, we part. do thank you for yeah, Amen. we do thank you for another uh, another time here of bringing your Word uh, to life for us, and we thank you, Father, for all that you do in in making us understand and helping us to reveal that which is your nature, and reveal that what your thoughts are thinking. Father, we do pray that this would be an acceptable time and that you do hear us in this acceptable time. How we see the wicked outmaneuvering and outplaying their hand. Those that seek the destruction of your people. To denigrate your name, harness your name. Um, amongst the peoples of the earth Uh, they want to bring your name down and bring your will to nothing and so father it's our prayer that you find this an acceptable time and we know from the prophet here that we've seen that you're already working and have been working and father we just have that spirit of isaiah here how we want to Personalize, as Brother Russell said, and we want to internalize, and we want to we want to see those very things that Isaiah could see that were yet years ahead in the making. And so, Father, we just thank you so much for that. Thank you for all that you do in protecting us, providing for our families. Father, keep us safe in these uh, times of of darkness and Uh, keep us protected in our health and in our economics and our finances because father there is uh, a whole lot of change that's been going on and it's it's becoming harder and harder to make your blessings that you've provided us with stretch farther and farther in these evil days so father we pray that it be that acceptable time and we ask for your will to be done and we know that when your will is done it isn't often pretty but Thy will be done and we ask and we see it and father just help us to reach those of yours that you want to be reached and thank you for all that you do each and every day in our behalf.
1: Amen. We pray Amen, these things. We
0: bless the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for them. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, Doug, thank you for the. Thank you for the obedience tonight. I appreciated it.
0: Yeah. Glad to have you here. And thank you. And. We're. uh going to sign off then and uh, yeah. get some things done here before we head off to the sunset too so you guys have a good <sighs> week and we'll talk to you all later
1: okay good night night
0: all. night y'all